sprint right down the middle of the track. Charges to the lead and Captivon wins the victory. Vane from the long-priced Aka Hero. First down the outside. Wild Moon clear though at the 75. The planets align for Wild Moon. The Garden City get out too good. Grinding it down. Power Scheme takes all hardwood then just like Bumskador. And it's Power Scheme. Power Scheme one. 100 Pretty Fryer sticks on. It's Glamour Pack, Pretty Fryer, Cornflower, but Glamour Pack too good. Pack too many punches for them in the last Glamour Pack. G'day punters, welcome to the deep dive. There's plenty to get stuck into. There was a massive meeting obviously at Caulfield with the Caulfield Cup. We'll get stuck into the rides, how that race unfolded, who did their ass and so forth. But I guess we have to have a look at Caulfield from the point of view that 0% commission on every race on the card. It did something that probably no one's Oh, no one really anticipated what was going to happen. Uh, Dicko, you're hypothesising there might be some different betting moves. Uh, the Everest matched one point, just under 1.8 million. Uh, race two on the card at Caulfield matched 1.6. Uh, and I guess unless you're Chris Roots, you probably had nothing but positive things to say about it. Josh? Who's Chris Roots? Well, he, he writes for the Daily Telegraph um, in Sydney. So, uh, good morning to uh, our PVL-sponsored media. Um, it, um, is PVL, hey, look, so PVL, PVL runs the... PVL, does he run what? the age as well? Uh, no, I think... P, no, not PVL. Rupert owns the Herald Sun, the Telegraph, not the age. I think the age is like... No, I know that. But, like, PVL hasn't, hasn't like, said, hey, hey, Jack... Um, could you please stop talking about an integrity issue to do with our products? And if you don't, we're going to have to terminate your contract. So, like, whilst he does lots of, like, silly shit, the Everest was an outstanding race on Saturday with $1.8 million turned over on it. It didn't exist four years ago. Yeah, yeah. The, the, the media in Sydney seems to just say whatever PBL wants, but, like, there's no one else who's very different, in my opinion. All right. Well, I mean, just looking, you have to look at some of the numbers, Sorry, Kels. There's a bit of, bit of Donald Trump about that answer. You've taken all the way from who's Chris Roots to, uh, hang on a second, while I've got you. What I'm going to go whack. Well, no, fuck him. Like, while you were doing that, I was I was on Twitter just to work out who Chris Roots was. He's a journalist in Sydney. Yeah. I think it's like, basically, it's basically um, when we lost Kenny Callender, because he was getting... Um, Maybe we should see if he wants to come work for the mailbag. He was um, censored and he wouldn't cop it. It's basically Chris Roots and Ray Thomas, I, I believe. They're sort of yeah. right up there in Sydney. It's getting paid and, to do a job. And I think it's basically Damien Ratcliffe, who we had on the show, who does it in Melbourne. Um, yeah, they're just doing their job. Like. Well, I guess back the point to, that... Back to the zero commission. What do we yeah. think of that? Oh, oh, the power of Betfair to make this industry... Elite is they're so important to the game. It was outstanding what they did. Like we're allowed to whack them for the integrity issues while still praising them. Like we're just going to keep telling it as we see it. Oh, I thought what they did on Saturday was outstanding. Um, the markets and it's been happening a bit down here in Melbourne, I reckon. And Josh, you probably go next year. I reckon the markets are sort of off. They, they missed a few few more times than say at twelve months ago. And that was even worse on Saturday. There was a lot of sort of horses that were soft that run huge races. Um, the market sort yeah. of didn't know. Um, last last then, race then, is probably 
Madame Rouge, like, is just the perfect example of that. Like, Marco was just friendless. About, I want to talk about that race and the betting and how we'd handle that betting and each of us answer it. It's like the price you've marked it or, like, can't win marked it or like how you've handled it because if you've just priced Madame Rouge, come jump time, she's a bet. You, you couldn't have priced her on Saturday morning any bigger than $11. I think she might have SP'd 13. So we get to that in a bit. Curls did... I, I thought maybe some of the extreme amount of turnover might be a lot of trading. Or do you think that a stack of money just came that wouldn't normally be there? Well, when I say trading to the guys at home, I mean like someone might instead of have fifty dollars the win and lay it back like at two dollars and then lay it back at a dollar eighty five to just to green up, they might be having five thousand, five thousand, like just reading the market and trading the market to get that big amount of liquidity there. I don't know the answer. There has to be a portion of that for sure. Has to be like. You know, there's, there's people that do that for a living every day of the week and would probably be, you know, increasing their, their fixed odds bets on, on horses that they thought were over the odds to, to lay back for sure. That would have had to have been going on. Um, but you're right about some of the moves. That there was some – I can't remember exactly what race, but I remember watching, oh, you know, just some of the money that was there for, for horses that were, you know, in the market. Right, let's, let's kick off. Let's kick off with the first mover and God bless it. We're in front. Big day. I don't know what I did in the Caulfield Cup, but I still almost got that right. But I've been uh, we're back power, we're back power scheme. It was friendless, and especially late. It and it pissed in. It didn't even put its head down. The whole race is still pissed in. Well, the market was wrong big time there. I was nervous as hell. We, I backed at nine a.m. and backed it from the yard, and then the last sort of two minutes, you were going, "Oh God." exactly? I wouldn't, I wouldn't say it was friendless. Uh, it was 288 to like 345 from memory. Yeah, but that, that's also like 120% market going out to 100% really of the death. So it's, Which, like it's, it's probably just finding in, price. It's interesting that you say this, Jack, because uh, it could have been a factor of just 100%, you know, because there was no commission on Betfair. Uh, people were really having a – it was a good play of, like you said, you know, there's traders on there um, knowing that you're going to get – no commission against them. Uh, it could have been a good show of like real true odds, um, but just fascinating what happened with yeah, like you said, the market wasn't a true indicator through the day of the, what was going to happen, uh, which seems to happen. Uh, seems to happen a bit in Victoria. I don't know. I don't really have any numbers, but I seem to think that like in Victoria, things can drift and still win compared to places like Queensland. Uh, where there's where there's softer markets though is more so like there's softer markets maybe WA I don't know if you agree but WA as well Pete I don't know like things are backed like that KC that ran on on Saturday uh, was backed off the map uh, and was just like nowhere in it like I know that could have just been down to the to the right or you know just unlucky but um, there's things that just seem to be different with the Victorian market I don't know why but that's just my interpretation of it. Uh, I haven't run any numbers on it, but it seems to be more that drifters can can still win in Victoria. Um, that's was, just I said. One of the most fascinating things for me that I, I was thinking about last night, given how much money got turned over, okay, like if it's not just people arbing and trading and like backing and laying a stack, then this money's real. Where is it every other day of the week? 
like people don't bet that amount of money just for fun. They're professionals. So because does that mean that because of the way that the Australian industry taxes wagering, that all of this turnover is normally done overseas? I think it's a very good question. I'm not sure anyone's going to offer an answer that has any sort of substance to it because it's impossible to know. But I, it's, a, it's a great point. Um, like, where's all this money? Where did all this money come from? Like, it, are they taxed overseas slightly? So then they're that smart that they knew, okay, well, today it's worthwhile putting their money back into the Australian market and then next week they just take it back because they want to be some form of difference for them to bother changing the way they operate. <laughs> be fascinating to see fixed odds operators what their turnover was on the day compared to say Caulfield Cup day last year um, I know they they keep that information to themselves but uh, it'd just be a fascinating sort of thing to look at um, but there's going to be no there's going to be no bipartisanship between fixed odds operators and any exchanges uh, in Australia I know but uh, it'd just be interesting if they could because that's what they really need to say you know hey let's get turnover happening um, but- well, what happens when Betfair puts zero comma? Um, well, I know, I know that I know that Racing Victoria did a deal where the, the, the rates were changed for Saturday to take on PVL, and surely they look at doing more of this. Like it has dominated the weekend; it was outstanding, and it's all because Betfair encouraged wagering, and they were allowed, they were helped to encourage wagering by the uh, by Racing Victoria. I think one of the key one of the key numbers I saw tweeted. Um, from Betfair was active customers up forty percent. Yeah, uh, you know, which yeah. is which sort of goes some way to an- maybe doesn't go some way to answering your question, but it it does add a little bit of um, you know story behind it of where this turnover comes from. So there's there's customers that weren't using the exchange that have been enticed to come back to the exchange from wherever they were um, because of the zero commission. So. Be be interesting to run a poll with um sort of uh your clients from you know everyone that follows maybe throw it on Twitter after this and just say hey did if you guys were a Betfair member Betfair account holder and obviously the corporates what did you use on Saturday uh for say following you know for the movers followers out there uh were they were they taking Betfair or were they taking the fixed odds uh, still. Uh, just interesting to see what it what it really did with the industry. Oh, it's a, it's a, like it just it was just the best thing ever. Like remember when we, we I sent a mover bet on Anthony Van Dyke at about race after about race six because I thought you wanted to be on speed and I <laughs> I was told that Hugh was going to handle bars down and go to the front. How wrong we all were. Um, but like instantly Josh messaged me and said maybe we sh- you should have said take bet for SP because it's different. It was a different. Like or, on Saturday, whereas normally or Betfair, I, 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 Betfair at the time was actually, I yeah. think you sent it, you sent it as uh, what price did you send it? Like was it seven dollars? Seven dollars? Seven fifty? Yeah, so it was like there was a, like a little bit of money there. It wasn't as good as like a, you know, a, a really Group One market should be. You know, in a real world contact, you know, in a perfect world, but there was a little bit of money there that you could get down to like a few thousand uh, before you got down to the seven fifty, which was obviously before. You know, there was no comp, so you were taking better than fixed odds anyway. So, um, yeah, fascinating for that sort of thing. Yeah, there was 240-odd thousand matched a couple of hours or, what was it, three races out from the race? Yeah. When you said it, yeah. Yeah. Anthony Van Dyke Dyke went from about $7.88 a minute or two minutes before the jump. Top of my head, I haven't got the data, we don't care about that anymore. This is just, I was betting this is what I saw. 
Uh, I reckon it started six dollars. Jumped five sixty. Like, yeah, fucking went off late. Like there's so much wagering, so much betting. Yeah, it was great. Yeah. It was. And there's there's some stats around. Uh, uh, there's some syndicates and stuff back. Just like first time international horses with an international trainer. Uh, just flat out, you can. A few years ago, it used to be like fifty percent profit on turnover with their first start. So. There's some edges like that, um, and they probably went wrong with saying that on Saturday. Well, even Buckhurst was also supported as well, a double-figure quote. Um, I mean, look... I, I just backed a... that out of the yard, Peter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Off the horses you saw on the TV, like, it, Lloyd just buys them, mate. It, just, it looked like rekindling. It looked like all their good horses just yeah. walk like him. Oh, I thought, oh, shit, here we go. Melon's going to ride 16 winners today. We'll dive... Um... How, how good, how's, how's Gladrap going? Like... Three months ago, he was looking at like you know two year ban. He's riding three winners Caulfield Cup day. Go Melon, good on you. Great riding on Saturday. We'll jump mm-hmm. into uh, the, the Caulfield Cup in just a second, but just to finish off with a zero percent commission, it was interesting that only Top Sport was promoting the fact that you could actually get on to win uh, five thousand on any race on Friday, uh, ten thousand to win in the Caulfield Cup, and then twenty five and fifty thousand on the official price in betting. Um, Clearly goes hand in hand. If you offer people the ability to win more cash or to to bet to win more cash, uh, it goes hand in hand with zero percent commission. It seems pretty bloody straightforward, and it's amazing that it doesn't happen more often. But that shows shows who's running the game. It's peak racing, though. It's it's just like everyone fights against each other for this time. It's like on Friday night, Saturday night, I had to decide, make a conscious decision: Am I going to watch AFL or NRL? Because they're competing sports. If they were on, if I was staggered in time, I probably would have consumed both sports, watched both sets of ads, etc. Racing, though it's the same sport, behaves in the same way as like AFL and NRL in all aspects of it, and it's to its own detriment, and it always will be, and I can't see how it'll ever change. Yeah. There's two different, there's two distinct markets though in wagering, and, and Betfair and Top Sport are talking to one half of the market, and Sportsbet and the Tab talk to the other half. It's that's where that's where it's at, I think. Unless you're on a rebate at the tab. Um, yeah, Top Sport have taken a you know taken a great position. I like and obviously self interest here. You can bet to win a good amount, Top Sport, and you can use the fare to chop out free or in run or whenever you like. It's um you know for those that wager full time, it's you know they're the two premium products. There's the in run the in run betting. Since we got in trouble, we're not in trouble. Whatever, whatever warned for speaking about it they have changed the the in-play market again i think i might ask them to explain it on our show on thursday put our hand put all this branch out because right now they're turning on the victorian in-play markets about half a second or a second before it goes in play on a foxtel tv in my office when we got in trouble it was going on about three or four or five seconds before I think that given how much money is bet on it, it needs to be, this is what's going to happen. So you can prepare for it and make like make a make a betting plan for the day around it. Because I'll start kind of pen it, and then all of a sudden I go, well, hey, on, it's different again. Have you I noticed that? Uh, probably two no. weeks ago I noticed it. And they just sort of left it as that now, isn't it? That like It's back to what it was. Yeah, the, the off time was, you know, pretty much coincided, like, just before the gates pinged. 
There's yeah, a, there's a, a pretty major thing. They need to like say, this is what we're going to do from now on, or we're going to go back to it. If everyone's quiet about it again, we're going to go back to what it was. But if if the mailbags talk, we'll keep it as it was. Like what? The... It's just astonishing that there's no provider that actually sends the actual ping. Like it's 2020, and there's no ping of when the actual off time. Like there's no technology to say this is the exact off time. Like out there to an in-play trading exchange to avoid all this sort of confusion. Because uh, there's definitely, I know there's a definitely, there's a one of the technology firms out there in betting, I don't want to sort of say their name, uh, obviously do a, uh, like the number of horses that have gone into the barriers. I don't know if they still do. They had a yeah, deal in Victoria, which is really good. And that should be For done. But that should the, be the big, the big fucking the big, the big whales. Yeah. And then like that should be done nationwide. Like so it's just an integrity thing as well. Like he said, like with the, with betting in, in play, um, uh, like I think that service is tremendous, uh, but it should just be done around Australia for at least metropolitan tracks, if not provincial level, uh, just avoids any sort of, you know, uh, yeah. confusion and everything within play. I'm not bagging in play. Like, anyone who backed in danger from the yard with me on Saturday, he hit $180 in run. $180 in run in danger. All right. Uh, we'll start reviewing the Caulfield card because there's heaps to get into. We'll start with the Caulfield Cup, the main event. Race 9, 2400. Uh, the tempo was even overall for the class, 1.7 length slow, but... Jeez, there was some very slow uh, sectionals recorded by Dashing Willoughby and uh, my, my the, the tripod walker out in front. Um, which well, maybe I, the tripod the tripod might have known this horse was not going very good though. Like it stopped pretty quick that thing. Yeah, well, I mean, it's just a, it's a really interesting race to review because a lot of those horses that were sitting on speed just lost all momentum coming around the turn. And although Anthony Van Dyke was heavily restrained back towards a position where it probably wasn't comfortable in run, it still maintained some level of momentum going 18 wide around the corner. It literally swapped. Like, Huey, like, like all of us, like Peter, you, Josh, even you and myself, we we're all, like, newish to Victoria. And when you get your head around the marquee card and all that, it's, it's fucking confusing. you got to top the thing up all the time. <laughs> you swapped it, didn't you, at Caulfield Station? Holy shit. The mail yeah. was this horse would go forward. If it did, it would have won, in my opinion. Um, I completely grade myself up here. I, 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 I like tipped very elegant, and I backed Van Dyke, and I got it just just wrong. I thought at the four hundred we were going to win, um, but only only because it was like a an international raider. Like no horse really should be able to sustain what it did and keep going. Like it's, it's just circling them all. Uh, I think if you're back, uh, Prince of Aaron for the Melbourne Cup, you're flying. Went enormous. Finch could be the run of the race. There's three wide cast and just keeps going. Brave horse. If you're back to Villiers, you can be sick. Uh, the only thing that's worth, if, if you backed Raheen House at huge odds, you should um, tweet D Moore and, and thank him. Very, very smart ride. I don't know if you guys picked up on it, but he's he's drawn the car park to Nick's, did the, did the shandy job on it, punched it into the fence. He was four minutes from, like, the car park. It was pretty smart riding. Josh, what are you taking out of the Caulfield Cup? Are you going to follow anything going forward? 
Uh, I, I back to finish pre-race. I was on it and Master of Wine. Very poor, but sat you know sat OSL probably pretty hard to win over twenty four hundred Caulfield Cup with that, but still. Uh, but yeah, Finch again. I don't know if I, I don't really think I can back it again in the Melbourne Cup, but it's, I think it's had the same run as it did last year in the Caulfield Cup. It's come fifth, set three wide, facing Brooke. Um Yeah, just like an exact replica, Prince of Iran, unbelievable. Uh, I thought. I thought Prince of Iran was really good in, going into the race uh, behind Enable on the all-weather track uh, back over in England at Kempton, uh, and it's gone super again. Uh, real, real bad story for me is uh, with the girlfriend ha- and her family. We had a trifecta for fun. Put <laughs> <laughs> put a pineapple in each, and oh. I picked. I picked two. We all picked two horses, and on form, I said the chosen one, and I'd taken the chosen one. I had a peanut on the chosen one sort of to win as well. I just thought it was a stupid price. Uh, and then I saw it in the finish. I honestly thought it was going to kick and it was going to be like boom time all over again or something. <laughs> uh, and then I looked at the trifecta and I forgot to put it in our trifecta. The only thing that is like the only value of all time. Uh, and I was just so disappointed after the race, uh, after backing. That's not like. After backing Classic Legend, I was just completely flat uh, for the rest of the day now, and I've just given up. Uh, and, yeah, it was it was all over. But, yeah, ones to follow, obviously, Anthony White and Dyke, sectionally, sectionally sexual. Uh, obviously, very elegant, very good as well. Uh, interesting looking at the previous uh, Caulfield Cups on punting form data. Uh, they've gone – she's – the mayor's gone – Three lengths better than the last two years on average, probably. Um, best solution, 8.2 rating. Uh, Murder Glass, negative 7.5. Uh, and Very Elegant today, uh, on Saturday went 11.7. Uh, but there's some serious times before that uh, that she didn't sort of weigh up to. But she's got more in the tank. Uh, she's got That wasn't her peak figure that she did on the weekend. Yeah, she I think definitely, um, definitely did better in the cup. kind of forget about her. Like, she was in the ruck there. She was there to be beaten for a long way too. And- She's a beast. It just makes me fucking ill that we backed her at like twenty-one dollars to win the Oaks. <laughs> it just it just shows Oaks. you though, like what sort of that one length off a slow pace like it does to a horse. Like it just it just it probably honestly I don't know. Like she she really dug deep, but I just think that length further forward than Anthony Van Dyke in the run has basically won her the race there. Um, what what about like the like. I'll bring you in, Curls. The the bunch finish theory of the, the lead-up form, which was the whatever race, the Turnbull maybe? Turnbull. Turnbull, yeah. Well, it's proven the, the Caulfield Cup winner, so pick Gray there. I think a bunch finish when they've all had their chance versus a bunch finish where something like, you know, she did... Like when it had, the, I think if it's a bunch finish but the horse with the that had the hardest run still wins, I, I still think there's merit to it. Um you know, I think there was a fair bit of narrative, wasn't there, like in the build-up to the cup because of that sort of Turnbull form that you just pen the locals and the internationals will dominate. Um, but I think, the, like, and the data doesn't lie here. I think it was a super win and um, probably the best of the locals and then, you know, did it did it the hard way again. Like, it's hard. It's, I don't know. It's, 
hindsight's a wonderful thing, but you go back and have a look at the horses that have beat there and have a look at the horses that's beat there on Saturday again. And like, it's, it's just, it has continued to beat them and, and still winning. He's still winning. So you should be hard to see, beat them up regardless I of think how much he gets. She just keeps getting better. Like if you noticed, like from a yard watcher, Peter, when we were like, when we backed her to win the Oaks, still can't get over that. But she had like two, two, she had two strappers, and she had a lot of problems, and she was light and real toey. On Saturday, she was just walking around like much more of a mature mare with one strapper. So it goes a long way to get helping these stayers, like find a good position in run, settle enough to be able to finish off races. It's it's all that she sort of evolved she, into is making her elite. She definitely didn't settle elite. though. She was still pulling in the run, which is like classic. Classic her and like yeah, but that could have just been a function of the slow pace. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, yeah, it's funny. She she was definitely not settled in the run. I thought. All right, quick question, just for uh, Dicko, Josh, Anthony Van Dyke going to a Melbourne Cup for or against? What are you thinking? Oh, I got no idea. You can't you can't knock it. Like it, it's run it's run probably twenty five hundred maybe twenty six hundred meters here. Yeah, almost nah. like, and it's I was... like it's, it's, it couldn't have gone any better. Like, if very elegant, who was entitled to stop as well, stops just a little bit, it wins. It's a freak effort what it did. Yep. Uh, yeah, I, I think the weight over thirty two hundred is a different thing. It's obviously going to get the thirty two hundred, but uh, I, I'd be aiming for like a horse like uh, Tiger Moth, who's. Uh, I think only carrying 54, 53 and a half or something. Uh, Rises telling me different. But, yeah, I think, uh, I think like, just the, the international Raiders are just another another level. Because I potted this big time um, with the draw, the weight, the jockey. Um, well, you were right about the jockey. Yeah, but I think, like you said, if it's gone forward, I reckon it it'd probably just – Wins, but if it, if and it, it sits was, off behind Finch or even or even toes Finching, I don't see how it stops off what it's done anyway. Like to sustain a long run around a bandit core field is very very hard to do. Not many horses do it. Uh, I just yeah, like the fact that like Master of Wine led shows there was no there was, like it could have easily gone across and and what do you do of, with that horse, Master of Wine? Like they backed it heavily on Saturday. I think time's up, Chris. I can't comment. Don't know. Just put it in the paddock now. Yep. I don't want to say it again. I don't want to back it again. All right. Let's head to the Caulfield Sprint because that's where the biggest figures of the day all were. Uh, Graf, first up for Danny O'Brien, just recording oh. a monster figure, uh, defeating Fabergino, who was really back to her best. And, again, probably probably not the, the ground she was looking for, but still was just enormous just sitting there out uh, a little bit deep. Um, and now for Oro went under as the short fave. What are you making of the race in hindsight? I oh, just frustrated. Like Geordie Child's roaring really well. I think he's got a lot of ability, but he fucked this up. Sat three wide on Fabergino, who's gone very slow for the class. Like if he just rolls forward and is aggressive on this horse, I think it wins. Has has Alf, Alf, has the has the favourite gone too slow to the six hundred? Hundred percent, way too slow. Yeah. They both the two Fabergino and Alpha Oro's edge over these horses 
Yeah. Because they can sustain a long, sustained effort of, of speed. Alpha Aura is like a it's like a pippy type, I feel. Yeah, Graf and Garner and, and your Shaminos and your vein streams have a really nice turn of foot. So if they're close to you at the yep. six hundred, they're gonna be very competitive. But if they're off a bit because you've broken their hearts, it would have just been a, like a who's gonna last longer sort of like the ranting um Hanseatic other Anders race. But Danny O'Brien's a freak. Damon Oliver's a freak. What what what's changed here with Favage? What's what's changed here with Favagino, Pete? Do you reckon? And it jumped with them. Yeah, Yeah. it jumps. She missed it, didn't she? The track profile was different as well. Um, You know, Mooney a wet Mooney Valley is different to a wet Caulfield, and not that it was raining during the day at Caulfield as well. It would have been a drying track, so I think that's a completely different. Uh, set up for the horse and I mean she never looked at comfortable at any stage at Mooney Valley but she's obviously got the ability like the the figures that she's posted previously don't lie she can lose that magically um so it's just a completely different setup and it probably helped having Geordie Childs on who who knew those or was more comfortable and more familiar with those tracks but yeah at the same time they've only gone slow here and really if she rolls forward and you know puts a little bit more pressure on early because that's what it looked like. She basically looked like she was blowing up Alpha Oro in the straight, but still was had more to give, really. Um, yeah, she's she's well, probably going to race they, in her. She's got a race in her down the straight, isn't she? Like, yeah, I think so. She could be a like, complete moral, whatever race that is. But like the horses can't go much quicker than these horses went in the last six hundred meters of a race. Yeah, like unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, let's have a look at some of the other races on the card. Um, the I would just say, Peter, just like it's, it's been fascinating on Saturday, the SP profile stuff. Like, Favagino was a bet because of its SP. Like, its SP almost favourite in Group 1. Well, it was favourite, yeah. yeah. And you almost got paid here. And then you get to the last race and um, that, that Madame Rouge. There, Madame yeah. Rouge is SP like equal to, I reckon, about the same as Perfect Jewel. Good SP over um, Pretty Brazen. Last start at Flemington, but it had the PR. And then it started for $14. If you just looked at the SPs and bet on Saturday, you'd be going pretty good. Yeah, I don't think we need to spend too much time on race 10 because it was just completely and utterly awful. Uh, 22.6 lengths slow to the 600 over a 1,400-metre trip. Um, Fascinating, eh? Yeah, just... It looked like hey. a walk-in run, and it's come back absolutely. Oh, Matt, I watched the replay this morning. Matty Hill called it. He, yeah. he, he, as Craig Williams, as good as we've got, he's gone. That's... I think this happens a bit. There's a like, when the jockey's fearful of the horse getting that trip. So this is backing up again, going from 1200 to 1400 meters. But he's at this whilst he's protecting his, his pony, getting that trip. He's also taking away its greatest asset, which is the sustained speed. Which has won it the last couple of times, or made it very competitive the last few times. Exactly, it's another it's another one of those horses with tactical speed. I don't think it's a four. I don't think it's a fourteen hundred meter horse. But we don't uh, know, do we? We don't know, but but I think it's a twelve hundred meter blow you away uh, early sections horse, uh, and that's definitely not how it's never actually never been ridden how it should be. Uh, the best it's gone to the six hundred on the all benchmark figure was negative seven point five on a heavy track at Caulfield, uh, which is. It's probably failed on, uh, and then it finished second at Mooney Valley, going negative six point one. But 
seventeen point two to the six hundred is is just a fart. Like, yeah, you can't you can't you can't win basically off that. It's a barrow troll though, worth three hundred thousand dollars. This is. Yeah. Good luck. It, good luck figuring it out going forward. It was the complete inverse of the blue sapphire. You know, people were concerned about the three horse race presenting with an actual race. Well, this was an absolute disgrace. Uh, that race on the weekend. And again, was there anything in the stewards' report? Do I dare ask about you know potentially slowing the tempo? Uh, no, they've 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 put a little they painted they painted Zara's very elegant silks out the front of Caulfield. Yeah, a little statue, a little such a smaller one, a willow. Yeah, slowest slowest tempo set in Caulfield Cup Day, Craig Williams, two thousand twenty. He there signed it, it. Valium, to Mazapan for all. Uh, okay, race eight was the Moonga Stakes over fourteen hundred. Wild Planet Sydney form too easy. Uh, Word on 50 stars, word on windstorm, anything else out of the race? Uh, Pike back to doing Pike things. They've gone very, very slow for the class here. 50 stars is flying, follow it. Windstorm's flying, follow it. Wild Planet, blessed. Ida Morrissey, blessed in run. If Morrissey's running second in a good race like this, you know that they've gone slow, and then the data comes through, they have gone slow. Very disappointing race. Uh, I, I backed Windstorm. Uh, I think I might have backed 50 stars and I might have backed Best of Days. Best of Days was disappointing, as was the inevitable. Packadali and Be Good to uh, No, Streets of Avalon and Be Good to Your Mother. Holy shit. What has happened to them? They're gone. Particularly Streets of Avalon. Like, Streets of Avalon, it might have run in a... Did it run in the All-Star Mile? Did it knock off Super Seth once in a group run? Is that the same horse I'm talking about? I think it was. Yeah, it beat on. it in the uh, Futurity Stakes over 1,400 at Caulfield. Um, so in terms of the difference here, uh, it actually, it was five lengths difference between what it produced to beat Super Seth and what it produced there on the weekend. Uh, if you own Super Seth, what, you would have lost millions when it got knocked off in that group one as its stud value. You'd just be throwing up every time Stress Overland runs around there. Throwing up. Josh, anything for you out of the Moonga? Uh, just probably praising Mulvada. What an honest horse it is. It's finished fourth in a in a group three, uh, third in a listed, second in a listed back at Morfittville, last prep at Lassoup. It's just an honest, it's one of those horses that you just love to own sort of a thing. Uh, just an honest horse. I know it probably deserved to do better, but uh, they're probably, these horses are probably better than it. Um, yeah, Morrissey, uh, 50 stars, probably uh, a lot of weight. Uh, probably going to enjoy further. Uh, not sure what they're targeting it for, but uh, last year it ran into McKinnon. So I don't know if they're going to give it a go at the Cantala again. It's taking a bit of a different, different path going, this year. I think it's going to the Cantala. So, yeah, it'd be interesting to see if they can get that. I thought uh, it was an interesting horse, ex-wee horse. Uh, not, yeah, not really one of my, my faves. Uh, but, yeah, it, it ran all right. Okay. Um, horse that went out extra time. I think it was Josh's first ever deep dive. We both stamped extra time as a good horse to follow out of the Caulfield meeting. I reckon it was. And I reckon we we, we thought we it was stamped, a good. We stamped it again after the next run. It snuck off we, the Caulfield on Saturday punters. None of us saw it. It won at twelve dollars. <laughs> and it ran it ran at Moody Valley on. I think it ran at Moody Valley on morning night, and it just completely blew up or something. Uh, and then, yeah, we've looked, we've looked up at the screen. Brett Davis calls it over the line. Extra time, bolts in. Totes show up, 12 days. <laughs> so one by, one by a nostril. Just obviously, 
<laughs> Obviously a harder race. Okay, let's finish off uh, with the three-year-olds at Caulfield. Uh, the Caulfield Which Classic. Which number was that? Caulfield Classic Race 4 for the Colts and Geldings. Alvarado defeated. Let's crack a deal. Hit the shot. Looking at these horses going towards the derby. Slow race. Poor figure overall. You following any of these going forward? No. Uh, Good? I don't know. Uh, I think the winner's, winner's gone too, Look, let's, let's just have a, bit, let's have a bit of clarity. Like we, we need to tell the truth here. I now have, and thanks to, I don't know if you covered it in depth on the Sydney show with, with uh, Sheen Roden and Scarry Peter, but I'll, it's me winning with a torn ligament, you champion, you fucking champion. I'm going to get a frame picture of that horse in my office. I love it. But it winning that race has now set me up with Old Kirk winning the guineas to have Young Werther going for a, a, like a severe amount of money in the uh, derby, so it's going to get a lot of my attention. I'll likely be on a bunch of these horses or laying heavily... Pray for a zero commission day, <laughs> derby day. I bet there, that would be ideal. Um, I think hit the shot is okay here. What like, was probably the the one to follow versus the price you likely get next start. But uh, we are very much team uh, Young Werther for the derby. Okay, good, good. Uh, race five for the Phillies. The Ethereal Stakes over two thousand. Chica Fuerte defeated Salto Angel. Ugh. Oh, Star of Eden. Me. Going we have half a unit at Salto Angel at $30. Yep. $30. 15 units, guys. 15 fucking units. That's not my question. Uh, the Oaks, any of these <laughs> contending? Uh, Star Rail, just another another Star. barrier trial. Yeah, and a good one. Star yeah. Rail's flying. I thought yeah. even Cafe Rizzo and Star Rail, two of the better runs in the race. Um. Yeah, I thought it's still always to succeed. Indeed, a little bit plain, like they they entitled to go a little bit better. Salto Angel, progressive, nice, but the winner sort of stamped him, stamps herself as a horse with a bit of tactical speed. And should should the Oaks, should we get to the Oaks there on the Thursday at Flemington, and we're half a chance of getting on course? We have to millions especially if we're in the derby i'm gonna buy like a share in a couple of horses that are running on caulfield cup day <laughs> on melbourne cup day oaks day and then something on the saturday so i can get in but um because they will just ignore the regular on course punter because we're irrelevant um but if it is on pace there on oaks day this horse has got skill set that a lot of these won't they can settle on speed and keep running the winner shika fat that shika fat that okay that's Caulfield, big day, lots going on. Let's head up to Queensland. Curls, which which track are we focusing on? You've bet at like 400 joints in the last seven days. And do you know who Chris Roots is? He lost fucking all of the joints too. All right, run us through. Oh, we'll start at Rocky. Let's just yep. go through. The, do you want to just let me use five minutes for therapy? Yep. Seem to be you good know, at that. Take as long as you need, mate. We took even money about the tax account in race two at um, Rockhampton. I can't remember what led the race. It was the stable mate led. And um, Brolga, the race caller up at Rocky there, he said, you know, this thing's in front. I'm going to bring it up, actually, because I need to know. No. Flying Cracker Jack. Flying Cracker Jack. Taking even money, the tax account, and just after 9 a.m., SP, $1.55, $1.60. 
Blind Cracker Jack in front, but not for long. Here's the tax accountant. And then Blind Cracker Jack's kicked on the line and beaten us. Um, uh, apologies to the plastic garbage bin in the betting ring at Clifford Park as I kicked the fuck out of it <laughs> on the way back to my seat. Um, so that was, yeah, that was just not a great start at Rocky. Um, uh, go to Doombin. That was the beginning and the end of Rocky. Go to Doombin. Um, like this is how bad I'm going, right? This is, you know, when you're in... When you're, I have to mute myself. <laughs> when things are going bad, you seem to find, you seem to like find mistake after mistake. Now, on Thursday night on the show, I said sugar booms are moral. And this is going to be the start of a wonderful wagering relationship with Georgina Cartwright in Queensland. Now, it hovered around that odds-on quote, and so I didn't really want to pull the trigger on it for the service. And then right at the death, and I'm talking like right at the death, from 10 minutes past 12 until 12 minutes past 12, $1.95 to 220 <laughs> Oh. Uh, you know, the, thing is, the sickest thing, Kels, is he, he didn't have to like, go a lot, find a picture of just for this segment. He already had a bunch of them. <laughs> yeah, he's done it, yeah. Sometimes <laughs> I just... All right. Where's your bird? And that, get that, that type of behaviour is why you didn't get the family trifecta in the Caulfield Cup, mate, because <laughs> 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 um, Anyway, so Sugar Boom gets out to 220, which, you know, should have triggered a bet. It was, like, really late, and I just didn't. Like, I just wasn't there last 30 seconds. And then it leads and pisses in, um, you know, as we thought. Uh, also on the show Thursday night, I said the best value bet is a lay race five, number 405 Glory. Uh, so I back the great boom Beano and Molly's rocking. Um, 05 Glory, well backed. The horse that I wanted to be on, Molly's Rocking, was a late scratching. The eventual winner of the race was the horse that got the run that Molly's Rocking was getting. Um, I'm adamant fucking Molly's Rocking would 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 have won this. Um, anyway, 05 Glory's gone over. Uh, ended up SPing like 260 because scratching, but um, anyway. I didn't get enough out of it. And then, you know, the day just got worse. Um, just trying to get the maps right in Queensland. A bit like it's just been difficult the last couple of weeks, particularly. I think we backed in race six. I backed Top Me Up again and Trusty Lad. And Top Me Up again sort of railed through from the 600. It was like $14. And it just it looked the winner on the corner. Uh, it really didn't sort of finish, didn't sustain that run. And the horse that I was on last start for a good size bet, seeing is believing um, Georgina Cartwright pulls out a great steer and wins at $6.50 to beat me. Everywhere you look, there was just like one fucking debacle after the next. A um, couple of winners. Oh, we got, I think we backed a winner at Toowoomba. I was like completely fetal at this stage. And... Um, the best, this is the best, the best thing I've done all day. This is the best story I have. Is that in the betting ring prior to race two? So I sent the early plays for Toowoomba. I was happy with the horses that we backed. Um, and there was a horse called Avawar, which was like a dollar twenty-five. Now rock, I was on a phone. Ronnie. I was on the phone to a mate, and I was in the betting ring pre-race, 
And I said, I can't believe I've done this, but I've taken this thing at a dollar twenty-five, and I've taken it into the multis because I said, like the only that this gets beat is if the jockey jumps off at the start or something, and he's too old and he's just not going to be doing that sort of shit. But if you give him five grand, <laughs> if you pay someone to do it, you could lay this for a mozza. It's a dollar thirty on the fair, you know, like mucking around. Anyway, got to go. They're about to jump, and everyone in the betting ring sort of laughing. It's the same crew there every Saturday. And then the horse, like, reared and he nearly fell off at the start and missed the start by 50. The whole veteran just went silent and everyone just looked at me. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, F, mate, honestly. Well, I thought it was a ten chance, so I thought, oh, $1.25, couple of sneaky little all-ups in the wild moon. Take, <laughs> take the couple of hatch runners, you know, we back wild moon at, like, 360 and it's... SP to or three fifty, I think we backed it out. It's SP to like two fifty and pissed in and and here I am just like sucking me thumb, crying because I've taken a fucking dollar twenty five pop into it like like a complete fucking idiot that I am. <laughs> um, that's my day uh, from a wagering perspective. <coughs> From a racing perspective at Queensland, in Queensland, like I've been saying this for the last couple of weeks, like they're just horses and they're just taking it in turns and it's just like shit. You know, hopefully hopefully as we get closer to the summer carnival, um, you know, sort of leading into the Magic Millions, we might you know, we might see a bit better quality horse and jockey maybe. But um, Hopefully they let me up there. I'm going to come and hang out with you. Oh, that'd be great. Um, did, did the Zero Commission cause you to wager any more or any less it like I paid fucking zero commission every on every track that day what did I do there yeah, I just I just back to your stuff um um oh. What was the name of that Salto, that Salto horse? I backed it. Oh, California. California Salto. Yeah. No, the thing that ran second at like 30 Salto Angel. Salto oh, that thing, Salto Angel. Yeah, that's... No, oh, I, bet every, I, I bet every race... I bet just... A, I basically bet in every race at Caulfield that you were... I, I, I thought we were going to get there like halfway down the straight because the leader, like, it had worked pretty hard. Yeah. <sighs> anyway... Um, yeah, no, that was probably me, Pistol. I don't really um, – I sort of give up on the Gold Coast. I, I thought Travis Wolfgram had a few good books and he had one for Les Kelly that was heavily backed in race three and we were on and it got beat, so I cracked the shits there as well. Just to... When it rains, it pours or whatever the saying is. Yeah, there's always another race though, so there's no need to sort of force it when it's not – yeah. When it's not sort of settling out as you anticipated, there's no it's need not... to, to just keep punching. You just wait and reassess it. I think that's the important part. Yeah, for sure. But uh, not a lot of not a lot to report out of the meeting on Saturday. And I didn't do a lot of work yesterday, to be honest. Um, just breeze through the data this morning for Brisbane and take a little bit more detail. Um, but it's a very even bunch of horses at the moment, with you know a few chances in every race. I, I thought over the weekend, so we'll just. Do the replays and move on. Yep, that's fair. All right, we'll quickly head west. Um, 
awful day for me betting wise but it was mostly because i backed the wrong horses that i well the the wrong horses that i also found if that makes sense um well like let, let, let's give you a bit of a supportive rap at the start like i didn't watch any of them i listened to a bunch of them but every time that you sent something through and as i tend to do sort of raged at them a little bit sort of doubled the units but every time i had it on the on the new betfair app which is I think that new Betfair app's a really big improvement on the previous app. It's a great app. Um, every single race, I had quite a sizable uh, profit if I wanted to uh, trade it out. But I don't know how you beat SP consistently within three minutes on Saturday and still didn't wear the blow. It, it, like if, if Curly and I think we've got some problems mentally, fucking hell. <laughs> That's been three minutes every time. Yeah. How but... do you handle that in your head? Uh, fine. No, no issue at all. I, I know I'm just going to keep punching them and it'll land. Um, Never-ending race day, all that sort of shit. But no, I've, I've got... I'm just a psychopath, so what does it matter? Um, <laughs> right. true. He's not lying. He yeah, actually, <laughs> I have zero when it comes to betting. It's outstanding. It's, occasionally I'll crack the shits, but it's usually it's something really, really strange that doesn't demand anything. Like, you know, like... I don't even know. I can't remember the last time I lost it. Uh, race six on the card over a thousand. Outstanding little barrier trial for Battlestorm going forward to the winter bottom. I, I sort of had an epiphany on with dates as we're recording the podcast uh, on Friday, the the long running WA preview pod, and I was like, dates? Why is Battlestorm turning back up in WA? Why is it not still in Melbourne? It's had one start at Caulfield. You know, there was like a bit of boom about it. Ran sort of midfield bit of a disappointment and then here it is back at back at ascot you know where's the rest of the tribe like why not keep it here in melbourne it like soft tracks first start at ascot and the only thing i could think of is bob's taking one back to try and win the winter bottom because all these good ones are here and potentially they won't be able to get home so Battlestorm, no cash for it. it's flopped out last it's run a big figure lovely splits on the way home it's proven itself it can handle Ascot as long as it stays together. It's, you know, arguably going to be in the top three or four horses going towards the winter bottom. And especially if Clairvoyance doesn't go there, it's a just a cracking futures bet. Um, Elite Street's produced a, a monster performance. A big peak first up. Uh, we've spoken about this on the Sydney show with Mark Roden a few times. That's probably going to be a small knock on the horse going forward. Those big peaks first up can often just prove elusive for the horse for the rest of that prep. We backed Boomtastic and Battlestorm in the race. Uh, the favourite Condor Heroes missed a kick and was scrubbed up, set a good tempo and then folded in the straight. So we're pretty happy with the with the play there, second and fourth. But Nikovi's on track for next start, one of the horses that Dates has a share in. Then in race seven, the Crawford, we backed Valor Road early at 480. It's jumps. Let me get this right. Jumped 380. It did hit 310 at one point and it's done absolutely fucking nothing. So <laughs> just it just lodged in a, a reasonable enough spot on the day. Uh, I wanted to try and chop Indian Pacific. And as I was sending a message out, it's still like 260. I've got it rated 290. Got out to 310. I looked at it and I thought, oh, nah, it's all right. And anyway, Indian Pacific won. Mervyn was great. Stageman, another good barrier trial for the winter bottom. All those horses are going as well as they humanly can. Um, but the feature on the card, the Northerly Stakes, we are talking about the on the preview show, the chances of Platoon at $26. Uh, 
And as the day unfolded, it's just you couldn't win rails and run. Nothing sat rails and run and won. So Platoon, I had a small little early sniff at on the the live show because I thought I can't throw it out and let it win. 26 bucks. Barrier one. So I couldn't send it out on the day. It's jumped $31 and lost by 0.3 of a length, getting knocked off by Taxigano at $81, which is lobbed from gate three on the outside of it midfield. They've got a really fast tempo, and this thing in yellow is just flash late, and I thought it was just Massimo going for it. No, it's platoon. 0.3, $31. Just outstanding. We backed Vital Silver and Free Trade on the day because they looked to lob in the perfect spot, and they well, didn't have both Vital Silver? Chances. I was listening to it. He's a great caller. Probably as good as they get. Jeremy yeah, Definitely presented, he, didn't it? Oh, he called it like, yeah. oh, we're on. I thought we're yeah. on here. Because I was well, on the couch with my kid. So did free I tried, trade. I was watching the fucking Wiggles or something, you know? Yeah. They both loomed into it. They just went They went seven and a half lengths faster to class here. They just kept hammering up front. It was a cracking race. It will be a great conditioning race for some of those horses going forward towards the, the, the railway. But... Yeah, it was a bit sick actually because free trade loomed at about, you know, we backed at 26 plus. Vital Silver was drifting out to 17, 18. They both loomed at one stage or another in the straight. Cup Night half loomed out wide and then peaked. Massimo's got off the fence. It was an outstanding ride for from Johnston Porter. At the about 1,800, he's come off the fence, moved into the running line, sliced through and unlucky not to, to get the win. But no, Taxigano just too strong for Fred Kersley. Just Mitchy on board, outstanding work. But if I'm getting knocked off, I'm happy it's Fred and not you know, anyone else. One out wide for you guys. Did anyone watch Bathurst yesterday? Tuned in for the start and tuned out, but heard it was a momentous occasion for the Holden Holden punters. I don't know who won actually. Ben Gisberg and won. I don't know what car is driving, what brand, but um. Oh, Holden and their, Holden's are out, so it was a big, it was a big thing. Oh, a little revved amongst us. Yeah, Holden's are like, uh, what's an old stallion that's just not not producing anymore? Reduce. Kim and Tari. If it blows, if it blows, Mike, I'm not interested at all. <laughs> I just thought that. Um, Dico blows way, smoke. Yeah, no, I don't actually. I'm off them. Uh, I thought the way that they like they produce that con that content that sport content is my favourite like to watch the the angles and the the insights and the like vision from the car the vision from the chopper yeah. I reckon like racing could learn a lot from the V8 which seems odd I don't I've never really I watch Bathurst every year sort of like on a Sunday normally hungover now it's just like you know with a coffee yeah. and feeding him a smoothie but um we've got racing's got Jockey cam. Oh, fantastic vision of the... Oh, fuck the jockey cam. It's the biggest yeah. shit vision in the history Channel. of vision. On Twitter, there's like that much circle jerking going on about, oh, superb vision of Tommy Berry punching <laughs> through the middle of the pack. Like, piss off. Channel, Channel 7 needs to can that. On a Saturday, there's nothing more than I hate than when you try and find your horse, but it's covered up by jockey cam. Like, quit that. Quit that. Just stop yeah. showing it. Show it like... Make it a no, separate channel. Make no, it a separate actually, channel that you click onto, and you can see all the jockey cams, like jockey wall or something. Press red. Press really, red for jockey cam. Yeah, like, I don't really care about the jockey cam because I can't see my flea bag that's that's settled ninety nine links last, like it does every time, and it's going to sweep home. Might say that, Josh. 
<laughs> yeah, hey, just uh, flashing light runs, mate. But there, there should be like so much more of that sort of stuff. Like, I don't even like cars. It's, I don't even know, like, <laughs> I, I, I have to triple check every time I've, I've got a car that needs 95 and a car that needs 90, and I, I, I find that hard to do. But I like enjoy watching Bathurst. Both, like, yeah, both. I don't both Channel Seven racing. All motorsport has got like great con- like even Formula One now with this new takeover by the the Ameri- the Yanks. Uh, it's got some really good content there. And, well, what, what, yeah, racing, racing should, racing should. Hey, well, I was going to say it's not a multi-million dollar sport, but it is. It is. Yeah, uh, I don't know, but like I said, why, why are we, why isn't there a provider that says when the barriers open? Like some electronic thing that goes through to all the providers. Hey, the the gates have pinged at Flemington. Like, astonishing. I know, like, like I'm watching the V8s and I can tell, like, literally how much fuel this car's got left. That I don't even know who the driver is. I can I can see it like the the line, and they're saying, well, if it gets off this line, it's going to lose grip, and he's going to have to make a move here, and a safety car might come. I can't even see a fucking horse seventeen parade on TV in racing. Like, it's just. Let alone, like, the parade should just be the, like, the fundamental of the sport. I think there should be the jockey cam. There should be drone cam. There should be barrier cam. There should be, like, options. I want to see how they're settling in the barriers. I, I want a camera shot just of the barriers because I want to watch each horse walk into the barriers. I don't want to cross the fucking the, the latest market mover, which isn't even a market. Like, half the market movers on Saturday, it's like, mate, it's not moving. It's, it's going out on the fair, buddy. This thing's crunching. No. I suppose the counter argument is is that you don't get any vision if they don't cross for the Bet365 market update. Can I just roll it across the bottom of the screen, though. Like, I... Can I also just point out that it's complete tautology if you say the market money mover. That is horrendous fucking grammar. Liftyourgame.com. You're on bloody a professional and, broadcast network. And fucking point. Which Peter will like agree with this, I'm sure. I watched a bit of um, Hong Kong on Racing.com. It's elite. Just, just for those they at home. They just show the mounting yard relentlessly. Jenny. And as soon as they cross the finish line, they just show the replay of it. Just for those yeah. at home, the meaning of tautology is saying of the same thing twice over in different words. It's like, what, is there a different market that's moved by something that's not money? Makes Say sense. market mover. Stop trying to just confuse people with alliteration. It's bullshit. What, is that like how intelligent racing people are? It's People do fall for alliteration. I'm, See, trying to think of a, I'm trying to think of a horse that has alliteration, but I can't nah, think look, of one. Bottom yeah. line, everyone in racing is trying to do their best. It's not bagging any individual. I just think you could learn a lot from uh, the V8. I couldn't get over how good it was yesterday. That was All my right. point. Speaking of other sports that are going outstanding, NFL. Uh, oh, we've got, uh, bless it. You made, you, we finally made like big money whilst sleeping. <laughs> That's a fucking box tick of my life. <laughs> Serious. It was, yeah, grouse, yeah. was it? Yeah. I woke up to just a flood of shit on my phone, which isn't always good. And there it was. Yeah, NFL wide receiver, she's hot too. And she's done it. She's found this one out wide. A big same game multi. What a woman. She is. Get on board. So hot. All right. Uh, for the rest of us, 
Um, we've now got a calendar on the website, which I'm updating. So it can basically, people always ask me, it's like, you know, where's Dico betting? It's like, well, I don't know, wherever he wants to bet. But now you can actually go to the website. There's a calendar tab. You can have a look. Well, but, let me tell you where I'll be betting this week. You'll get late Manning Yard mail-ish stuff on Wednesday from Geelong. You'll get something from the Valley on Friday night. Not as detailed, probably, because it just gets a bit hectic there. And I might be doing something with the G Hall man. Nope. And you'll get every race from the Cox Plate live updates before they jump. You'll be getting mover bets, probably not tomorrow. I've let Mornington go because it's drizzling here today. I hate that. But we'll be betting at Geelong. We might knock off a maiden at Ballarat. We'll bet Friday night. We'll bet Saturday. And we will definitely bet on Sunday at sale because I love that joint. And it's very profitable for us. Oh, very good. Um, there is a special. If you want to get double parked this week, you can get everything from New South Wales, Mounting Yard, Wise. So that's Robert, Kenzo on Wednesday, and then Randwick on Saturday. And also anything that you send out at Geelong and then the Valley. It's Cox Plate and Manicato. It's just enormous. Have we got Josh's, Josh's uh, out wide SA Black Book as we forgot about product going yet? Or is that we're still working on that one? I'm still working on that one because it would require one of the three or four or five of us, however many we've got going at once, to actually remember the fact that we throw stuff out in previous episodes. <laughs> so if you've got a really good memory and you're actually listening to the whatever we're throwing out every week and you're writing it down and you're black booking it, please get in touch. You can have your own product. <laughs> Guys, good chat. There actually um, is a product in that. Curls, what have you got on this week? Well, I'm going to bet um, the sunny coast on Friday night just because it coincides with Manicato and there should be eyes on racing screens, so we may as well bet. Um, uh, then we've got the usual Saturday. This Saturday just gone. I've tweaked it a little bit because it's like covering so many meetings. It's absolutely impossible to do every race, you know, race by race. So even though that the results didn't really go like fall the way, Sort of hoping. I still didn't think they were sort of it was bad betting. So I'll it probably great, just, it was great. It was great betting. You took you know, two dollars about a horse that's all sixty. That's grazed up. So we'll, we'll definitely bet race by race Friday night. Like I say, it's a good night's racing in Melbourne. So we'll tag along with the sunny coast, and then um, you know the, the usual punning for loser on a Saturday. Three meetings across the southeast Queensland, and that's it for me for them. There's no nothing during the week. All right, bloody good, outstanding. It's a massive week ahead. Uh, head to the NFL website. NFL wide receiver flying. Get yeah. on board. It's cheap as chips. Cam Dean will, will find your winners. The winner of the grand final, the Norm Smith medalist, and a bunch of oh. like sick little player props. Tigs have already won. Always oh, quote him. Record right. that. We are yeah, recording it. Good. I'll take it. Beautiful. Right. That's good. Cheering the cats. Cheering the cats. <laughs>